It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, May 8th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that is wishing us all luck the way the ping pong balls fall or however they're picking it. Good luck to the Flyers. Good luck to everybody out there. Yeah, it's going to be a good one tonight. Uh, of course, we're talking draft lottery, some NHL news, plus it's Monday, so we'll have our nemesis of the week. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with the brilliant Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. You can subscribe or follow us for free on YouTube. We're now on the SiriusXM app as well. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, we're still in a waiting mode on the Flyers executive search. Uh, You know, there's been some rumblings about Doug Wilson coming out of retirement, uh, who was last with the Sharks. But uh, what's the latest word out there? Yeah, the latest word is, is that like Cammy Granato's still in it. But when you look at the situation, she would have to get a promotion. And so like director of hockey ops is not a promotion. President is, but it's nothing she's ever done before. And there is a certain power base already set up in Philly. So you kind of wonder, would she really uproot her whole life to do that? It's a great chance, yes, but maybe a difficult job. I, I honestly think that a, a lot of the big names that were talked about, um, they'd be here and signed already if if if, if it was going to happen. Like Shiro clearly wants a lot more control. And if the Flyers right. aren't going to give it to him, which, again, the way the power base is already set up, he's not going to come and you can't blame him. I mean, he has a, you know, he, he's had a lot of standing in this league. The Doug Wilson one is interesting. Like I, I've gotten to know him a little bit. Uh, I thought he was great with San, with San Jose. Uh, he does have ties um, with um, some of the Dean Lombardi and such. But the problem is, is that when he was on the hall of fame call, he was really enjoying his retirement, like really enjoying yeah. it. Not like just, hey, you know, I'm retired. No, no, no. He he went out of his way to say, I'm enjoying retirement. So is he really going to come out of retirement for this job to have not a lot of power? I don't think so. I mean, Wilson wasn't in San Jose as long as he was because he just liked it there. He believed in it, and he almost got him a Stanley Cup. He, you know, he he got him there. And, and and I watched him do it, and I covered that cup and spoke to him, and that was a big deal for him. And then, you know, eventually the salary cap does you in because you, you do everything you can to win the cup. But would he be a great name to have here? Sure. But the problem is, and this is no slight to, to Danny Briere, but with Danny Briere already installed and him and Torrance being thick as thieves, now that next spot is a little bit muted compared to what it would be. So you almost have to go with somebody fairly new simply because a guy with a big track record isn't really going to want this job or a person with a big track record isn't really going to want this job because it you know it's going to be a difficult it's going to be a little bit of a battle 
Yeah, it's a really, I think, just in any executive situation, kind of a backwards way of going about it, that I think the president should have been hired first, solidified first. Even like maybe a couple weeks ago, I had this weird thing in my head that they would either announce Danny Breer as the permanent GM or have some sort of hiring announcement at the draft lottery and have that person be their representative Uh or for the draft lottery. But I don't know, man. I mean, it still could happen, but... Uh, chances are slim. You in know, my what, opinion in, in retrospect, point. if it were me, what I would have done was I don't think it was bad to name Danny the interim, but I I would have only have done that if I had the other spot in mind. So this way, you know, Danny's the interim for a week or two, and then that other person comes in. He's been in it so long now, and and there's a lot of roots. He's doing a lot of things behind the scenes, and yeah. and now it makes it a lot tougher. Had they done it at the very beginning where maybe it was only a week into it, it would be a different feel to it. But now it's it's, it's a lot different. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, in other Flyers news, uh, Scott Lawton was officially named to Team Canada for Men's Worlds. That had been talked about for weeks now. So it was just kind of uh, confirming what we already knew. And right now there's only three teams, I believe, that have their rosters announced. So it's USA, Canada, yeah. and I think Austria right now have announced their roster and so we're still waiting on some of the other teams but we'll obviously track that should any prominent flyers or flyers alum or anything be involved in that tournament it's a nice vacation for scott yeah and you know to represent it's a hockey canada again yeah yeah it's, it's a good thing for him it is. i think uh you know as far as the reading royals go on the other end of uh, continuing hockey action. Uh, they are in round two. We talked about that with Sam Wismer next uh, last week on the show. Uh, right now, Newfoundland is up one games to to nothing on a three to nothing shutout in game one. Uh, game two was last night, but we're recording this uh, before we know the outcome of that game. Game three is tomorrow, so we can continue to root on those Royals in the Kelly Cup playoffs in the ECHL. And right now, the weather's beautiful here. So I'm assuming in Reading, it's probably going to still be like 65 today. It's 44 in Newfoundland. I, I don't know how much, I don't know how motivated I would be. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> um, as far as uh, some of the NHL awards, uh, the finalists are continuing to be named. Uh, since we last spoke, the Norris nominees came out. Uh, Kale McCarr, Eric Carlson, Adam Fox. Uh, I feel like Eric Carlson is the no-brainer here. Yeah, but... he was going to win no matter what. Now, I think it was interesting that McCarr was there. I'll, I'll reveal, I didn't have McCarr in my top five because I had Josh Morrissey, who I think is, yeah, you know, he had an amazing year. Like, I don't know how you overlook that. And Dougie Hamilton had an amazing year. McCarr didn't play, you know, he missed a lot of games. And that was a reason I took him out of it. It's not going to matter. Carlson's going to win. But I just felt like I needed to shine a light on those other guys. That's why I voted that way. Yeah, I definitely would have had Morrissey on my list. Yeah. For sure. I think he he has had a remarkable season. Uh, the other uh, award that we know the finalists for so far, the Jack Adams, which is interesting. Oh, yeah. Because it... It brings up an interesting discussion about the regular season coach versus the playoff coach and how different those jobs actually are in a lot of ways. This year we have Lindy Ruff, Dave Haxtall, and Jim Montgomery. And, you know, you look at Jim Montgomery and, you know, if you erase the knowledge of the playoffs from your head, you're like, oh, that's a no brainer right right there. But (laughs) 
you know, with that like round one exit in the back of your head, you got to think, well, maybe Dave Haxtell or Lindy Ruff really, you know, are the better coaches. Well, Lindy was this close to getting fired. The fans were chanting for him to be fired. And then they apologized. Yeah. Honestly, the Jack Adams has become the most volatile award in the NHL because last year's winners were all fired, right? Like they're all gone. And and that started right. happening 15 years ago. I remember Bobby Francis, Emil Francis's son, had won it, I think, with Arizona, and he was he was gone the next year. So I just, you know, I don't know who's gonna win it, but I would feel like me if I were the coach, I don't want to win it. <laughs> Because I just feel like now it's like if I win it, I'm going to be gone the next year. Oh, totally. Uh, of course, uh, Gerard Gallant is the last of the yeah. 2022 finalists to part ways with their most recent team. Uh, uh, I don't know if it, it was a firing or it's a, a firing decision to part Look at, ways. All of a sudden, you're not allowed to say you're firing anybody anymore. It's I a mutual know. parting of the ways. You know what? When's the last time a mutual? Okay. Yeah, come on. I know. It's just funny. It does, you know, it is a weird scenario here with these coaches of the year and and looking at playoff records because, you know, it makes me think, well, what kind of coach is John Tortorella? Is he just a regular season coach that can't continue or adjust to the playoffs anymore? You know, is the game away from him in that way? We don't know because it's been so long. I will, um, well, since really that Columbus run. Yeah, I will say this. I didn't cover the Columbus series, but I covered, you know, his cup win and the Rangers series, a bunch of them, a couple of them. Uh, he's a really good playoff coach. The issue is he has to have full buy-in from all those players, and there's got to be some warriors that are willing to give up years on their career for them to win, right? And Columbus just didn't have those horses. So just to get into the playoffs was a near miracle for them. And he was never going to go far with Columbus. You could only do so much. Like, again, right. coaching is one thing. But when you have a talent gap like that, it, you know, you can only do so much. So if John has the right team, he could go far in any playoffs. I'm convinced of that. But, again, the buy-in, the injury factor with guys blocking shots, the – hey, I know I'm a better offensive player, but now I'm going to play, you know, a complete game for you so we could get to the cup. All of that has to occur. Yeah, I I think so too. But uh, yeah, right now, Tortorella obviously has a more uh, regular season focused job to do. There's no playoff focus for a while. I am very curious to see what John Tortorella could do in this kind of playoff environment now that things have have changed a little bit. In the meantime, we're going to look toward the future with Tortorella, with potential draft picks. Uh, It's draft lottery day. We're going to get our last thoughts, our crossing fingers and toes and all of that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Indeed. There's no I in team, but there's one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform you need to build yours when you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's powerful hiring platform can help you do it all. We stream hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to the Indeed Data US. 
One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all one place so easy. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your post at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Of course, uh, tonight is the draft lottery. We went into like the history of the draft lottery and 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 all of that last week. Go back and listen if you haven't. On tomorrow's show, we will have the, our draft lottery reaction. And later in the week for everydayers, we've got a uh, trade don't trade running through some of the kind of borderline guys on the roster, which we um, will have to address in this off season as well. Uh, Russ, you know, I've been mostly level-headed, I think, about this upcoming draft lottery and just kind of assuming... You haven't dreamed about the uh, the lottery at all? Well, this is where I'm going, is that, like, I really have just felt in my bones that the Flyers were going to pick at eight, that they were going to drop down one because somebody was going to move up. Right. And that's just what it's going to be. And if, if I think any different, that's just like pie in the sky hopes that are just good. Like, I don't want the disappointment is really yeah. the last like 24 hours or so. The hope has started to drift in <laughs> a little bit. Well, like why not us? Why not the flyers? And there are many reasons why not the flyers uh, and the statistical percentages is the majority of that thought process. But uh, where are you at with the draft lottery tonight? The only thing I could say is the team that I have not seen come up more than once on any of these tankathons is Montreal. So I don't think he's going to Montreal. Um, We just did one on off the post and Vancouver won and the Flyers moved down as a result because Vancouver moved up the 10 spots. Like that was the other thing, you know, Jordan Hall wrote about what we talked about the other day and Somebody had asked on Twitter about the the math. How do I said the third spot? I said no. I corrected myself. I said the second. I said that was my bad math because moving up ten spots, Ottawa wasn't going to be able to get you know the first pick, but they could get the second pick. But just blame my math. Don't don't blame you know. Rachel had the right information. So if that's what you took for me, it was I, I thought I corrected myself. But that's the thing. It just seems like there will be teams with a miracle move up and the Flyers dropping down. I don't know why that it feels that way, but I've seen that scenario happen more than a few times to make me think it's possible. But listen, every bad team in my estimation needs Bedard. Like, I just feel like they all deserve them because they're bad. And that's where I got to that whole five thing the other day. And that's what the lottery used to be like. And I wish it would go back to that. Yeah. I really would. Because again, like only having the worst five Only teams the worst eligible. five. Because they're the fans that really suffered. They're the ones, like, again, the Capitals fans haven't suffered. You've watched Ovechkin. You know, you've had some entertainment with that. And now if the Capitals were to get them, like, do they really deserve them? Probably not. Because they're not, you know, they're not in the dregs of the league here. But some of these other teams are. And sometimes that is the only way you can get out of it. Well, and that's what's so interesting about the deserve it, don't deserve it conversation is, right? Because there are like, uh, you know, subjectively, you look at some of the experiences of some of these teams that do have a percent chance of moving up to number one, 
and you and you look at the caps or you look at Detroit who is already on the, right. the way up they've they've put together a, a plan and a development system that's working for them like do they really need it no but you know in the interest of quote unquote fairness right we have to give teams like this a chance because of you know what like we talked about on Friday building excitement for the lottery and and, and all of these sorts of things and like if you really want to you know create more parity in the league you got to narrow the playing field for this first overall pick and um you know i i think that no one of those five teams deserve it more than any other one i will say you know once again I firmly believe that the Chicago Blackhawks do not deserve him. And that's the only team that does not deserve him. And it's because of, you know, the shenanigans and unfortunate things that that franchise has done. And to re to reward a franchise that has, you know, actively caused harm with a generational talent just does not seem appropriate to me. However, I think, you know, any other of the bottom five teams is equally as deserved. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, the, part where do they deserve it or not or is it too much i don't know do i deserve or want or is it too much to eat that extra entomans chocolate chip cookie probably isn't a good idea but i'm going to do it anyhow <laughs> right so that's what detroit's thinking is that yeah i don't yeah. we don't care give me you know we'll worry about it you know and it's and same with the capitals and everybody else like everybody feels like they deserve it and want it but the gms are going to all act cool like they don't but they all do that's obvious, yeah. but it does cause problems. Like again, we were talking about, you know, if Bedard were, were a flyer, would he start on the wing? Like, I do think there's a chance of that. Now they do have a gap at center and I looked it up on Instat and Bedard's at 54% for faceoffs, right? You figure his first year, if he's playing center, he's gonna be a 40 something percent probably on faceoffs. And just based on the way I've looked at centers that have come into the league, is Torts gonna let that guy do that if he is fine but if he isn't then that's going to change the course of things a little bit and i do think there's a chance he wouldn't let him do that um yeah but if you make him your third line center is it really good optics to have Connor bedard on the third line when you could see all those other attributes of him probably not so even if he's your second line center there's still going to be questions like even morgan frost is probably going to question in his head why why am i the third line center? you know I mean? so so I could see towards moving him to the wing. I could, and, and just basically saying, we're going to ease him into it. So I do think there's a different scenario for him on all these other teams. And honestly, that's where I always kind of look at the player, like what is the best scenario for that player? And believe it or not, right. Vancouver is one of the best scenarios. Now, he is he is playing close to home. Uh, the power play would be great for him. He'd be on the power play with Hughes and Pedersen and maybe Besser. And like, that's where he would score his most points is with Vancouver. He would score Vancouver or Washington. He would score his most points. I feel like he can go 60 to 70 points with those other teams. And I feel like if he comes to Philly, it's probably 50 or less based on the other other the ways, you know, the way the coach plays, the talent gap, those kinds of things too. So we also have to think about that. You don't as a fan. Me as a host, I do though, because I want to see the best Connor Bedard I could see. 
because I want the sport yep. to go forward. I want him to be on all the ESPN highlights. And so, like, I, you know, that's what I am rooting for. That's an interesting uh, conversation to have because you look at Connor McDavid, right? Generational talent plays on a Canadian team. How often do the Oilers get U.S. like national broadcasts? They don't, but McDavid gets a lot of attention. Everybody in the U.S. knows who he is. Now, I do think since ESPN has come on, they have gotten a lot more U.S. attention. I think that that was a big failure of NBC. They always wanted the regional stuff, and so they showed them once a year maybe. That has changed, though. So I think, and again, I think with Bedard, it would change things, too. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Well, uh, all of this is kind of coming to a head tonight. And, you know, it's Monday and we will have a, of course. All on a Monday. It should be on like a Friday. I know. Well, it works out for us because Monday we have our nemesis of the week. And so we can talk about uh, how that relates to the draft lottery coming up next. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you gotta try a Bilt Bar. I know my goal has been to eat a little healthier, but I don't want to compromise on taste. And if you're like me, Bilt is just the thing for you. With Bilt, healthy is actually tasty. And, you know, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate, which is delicious. And it's especially good on their flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. On the healthy side, they're only 130 calories and four grams of sugar, but have a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. You know, for years we've been talking about ordering built bars at built.com. You can still do that, but now you can also get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, you can get a 13 bar box with our hip flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. All right. So if you are newer to Locked On Flyers, uh, you may not know each and every Monday, we look at the world of hockey around us and the world of the Flyers and say, who or what is our nemesis this week? Who is bothering us? You know, what's coming up this week that uh, really, you know, has us creating en enemies, false or real, in our heads. And last week, you know, we talked about a little bit about draft lottery jitters, but also, you know, the, the discourse over, you know, having the Leafs make it to the second round. Um, and, and all of that and how, you know, not having the Leafs to dump on anymore. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, this week, of course, for me, it's more, uh, draft lottery oriented and, uh, you know, in the scenario where the Flyers do not get the number one overall pick or number two for that matter, I think, which again, the most likely scenario. So that's what I'm expecting. The gloating of the fan base who does get the Bedard pick, like I, I can't imagine what some of these different fan bases are are gonna be like. I do think some of them could be humble about it or just excited mm -hmm. in a really pure way. To me, that's like the Sharks fans, right, or the Ducks fans who I think you know thought things were going in a better direction after getting Zegras and a couple other young guys. Uh, that just hasn't quite solidified yet to move them out of the basement. And I think that would be great for them. Um, but again, like a team like the Caps winning, you're just like, 
no. Like, they're going to be insufferable about it. Yeah, my nemesis is going to be uh, a lot of the awful player takes and draft takes that will come out of this. Not Bedard. It'll be for the ensuing spots. Because, like, basically Monday night, Tuesday morning, even if you haven't covered the draft, even if you haven't looked at it, even if you haven't um, watched a lot of the players, you're still going to write about it. And I'm just going to try and stay away from all these other takes because I don't want it to raise my blood pressure. I just want to enjoy the Bedard pick and then continue on my on my draft quest to Nashville. And like with Elite Prospects, we just had a two-and-a-half-hour meeting about the entire draft. We're like 100-something players deep, you know, and, you know, so it's Love like it. – but, but I'm just saying, but like I know come Tuesday – there's going to be a lot of novice takes and you're entitled to them, but I'm just going to try and stay away from them. That's all. Yeah. I, I think that's uh, perfectly reasonable. Uh, I do want to you know wrap up the conversation before uh, our last thoughts on tonight's draft lottery and um, you know, the whole deserve it, not deserve it conversation uh, Charlie O'Connor was part of a panel in The Athletic where he covers the Flyers, uh, where, you know, each of the eligible teams, uh, writers got to pitch like why their team deserves it. And he really, you know, solidified the uh, torture that a lot of Flyers fans have been through and, you know, why we d- deserve it. And I'm like, yes, we do deserve this. And so he runs through the entire list. Uh, starting with the Nolan Patrick, you know, concussion history, Oscar Lindblom's cancer diagnosis, he misses a season and it just like leads to things not working out for him with the Flyers. Um, COVID cut short, you know, a really strong run that the Flyers were on. And then the bubble thing was a mess. Matt Niskanen retiring, the Ryan Ellis injury, the Kevin Hayes surgeries, you know, Sean Couturier's injuries, um, Joel Farabee and Cam Atkinson <laughs> being out, um, the Ivan Fedotov situation. There's so many things that have gone wrong for the Flyers over the past several years. So, you know, after all that, you got to say, why not us? Russ? Sure. Why I mean, us? you know, that's fair. There's been a lot of trials and tribulations. Uh, there's been self-inflicted things too that weren't probably listed in that article, and and that's fair. You're trying Very to give you, you know the best case, worst case scenario why you deserve it. I get it, but you know a lot of teams go through a lot of stuff too. So, oh sure, and, and that, I mean you look at the man games lost on Columbus oh, over the past couple of years. Brutal. It's brutal. It's brutal. I mean, think about Johnny Goudreau. He went there because he thought they'd be a good team, and they weren't good two weeks into it entirely broken the whole team was broken yeah so like i again that's why and look and and connor bedard most likely if he goes to a bad team doesn't make them good instantly i think we've learned that from connor mcdavid and the oilers but it does give the fan base a reason to think that in a couple of years you can get good and and that's what it does it brings hope so you know i know we're on a flyer show but i could wish a lot of hope for a lot of different fan bases too and and that's really like i get it i i want people to enjoy the sport but yeah the flyers deserve it just like any other team does that's in their position any bad team deserves him that is my take 
Absolutely. Well, I hope that bad team that gets them is the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, we will, of course, be back tomorrow to discuss the outcome of the lottery and what it means for all the teams involved, who moves up, who doesn't, all of that. Uh, as a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you've got your reactions and thoughts to the lottery or and want to know what we would do with the uh, results, you can tweet us at Locked On Flyers. You can email us at Locked On Flyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great and lucky day, everyone.